is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. I'm Nick, joined by Abdullah and Jesse. And Jesse, we have a special guest uh, to preview what is going to be a, a huge match in the FA Cup final after the international break. Yeah, the only person in women's football who might have a better double-barreled surname than me, it's uh, Flo Lloyd Hughes. <laughs> wow, huge. A bit of competition, a bit of rivalry on the pod. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. Double-barreled surname rivalry. Um, Flo it can generally be found uh, everywhere doing everything in all kinds of football, um, but especially doing bits on women's football at The Athletic at the moment. So if you're not reading Flo's pieces, that's that's the place to go to get all the the hot takes. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate the plug. Um, I I do consider myself a pretty spicy person in terms of when it comes to takes. So I always try and keep them fresh, keep them lively, and I'll try and bring some of that to the pod, hopefully as well. Well, many, many of our our listeners are subscribers to The Athletic, so hopefully they're picking up on on all of your great stuff. There you go. Uh, Look... There, there isn't a whole lot that needs to be said. This is Chelsea versus Arsenal in the FA Cup final. Uh, there's a lot on the line. We're going to cover off on Chelsea's domestic treble dreams. Uh, again, this is last year's FA Cup, so kind of rounding out the, the treble there. Arsenal's form heading into this match where each team can hurt each other and uh, just maybe a little predictions, maybe just a small bit of predictions at the end to see how we feel. Uh, but in general, Jesse... How are you feeling heading into this match? I think you're probably the most nervous, I would say, of the of the normal trio here. Yeah, I'm I feel like I'm the most pessimistic of of everyone Ooh. when it comes to these games. Um, yeah, you were you were pranging about both those city games just a few <laughs> exactly. weeks ago and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Are you mad? There's just, no chance in hell that City are going to beat this this Chelsea side." The thing is, if you go in pessimistic, you can't be disappointed. I was like living the dream as we smashed them, you know? So um, no, I'm actually going to say I am. I'm. I feel minorly confident. I'm. I'm. Would say I largely predict Chelsea to win. <gasps> A bit of optimism. Yeah. Shocking. Wow. Sprinkling. <laughs> Sprinkling. Yeah, I know that this is how the guys are on on the other show. I, I just. I don't. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised than extremely disappointed. That's how I operate. In life, exactly. So. Um, Abdullah, what about you? I'll bring the the slight optimism to the other end of the spectrum into the pod and say that you know I am um, I am I'm excited to see this matchup because I think Chelsea have learned a lot since that first opening game of the season, especially tactically, and I think the team is a lot more used to the system. They've tried it against different players, and I think this time Arsenal are going to get a lot harder of a game than uh, than they originally got in the first game. So I'm I'm quietly optimistic. I think I think this can go this can go the right way. Well, how are you feeling about both teams heading into this match? I know that this is is likely to be talked about in whatever result happens on the pitch as to you know which team gains momentum from this and which doesn't and all that kind of stuff. So how are you feeling about it? I'm just excited for the beef. There's been a lot of a lot of tasty chat already so far this season because Chelsea and Arsenal have a brilliant rivalry anyway. Emma Hayes, even though she you know spent time at Arsenal, was part of a a very kind of legendary coaching staff and era there. She hates Arsenal now. Um, and she spends all season wanting to beat them. And losing that first game of the season at the Emirates, the way that uh, Hayes and Arsenal were, 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 sorry, Hayes and Chelsea were treated that day really, really ruffled a few feathers. And 
as far as we know, she's not the biggest fan of Jonas Eideval either. Um, I think she thinks he's a little bit arrogant, um, a little bit sort of big for his boots. Obviously, he's only just come to the WSL. She's been there very long time now. And I think she thinks she's getting a little bit alpha about it. I think she sort of feels like, you know, he's he's stepping on her patch. And I think she also believes she's a far superior coach as well. And I think she wants to prove that. I mean, when Arsenal lost to Barcelona, there was a perfect opportunity for Emma Hayes to sort of say, well, look, you're not as good as you think, are you, Arsenal? And I think she's she. I think she wants to prove that again. And I I can't wait. I cannot wait for the fireworks of this because Jonas Edeval as well. He is um, he he's quite a eccentric guy, I think as well, and he's quite. Um, loud in in his presence on the sideline. He's a loud guy and he celebrates every single goal like it's the winner in the Champions League final. And I can imagine if you were a manager, that's really annoying. Um, So if, like, I think we all, well, if I think if you're a neutral, you hope it's going to be a goal fest. Say we get a two-all and it goes to extra time or something, which I think could really, really legitimately happen. That is going to be so, so good because the the back and forth between that those benches, the mind games with substitutions, the mind game with tactics, it's going to be such a shootout. It's going to be brilliant. Uh, both playing the game at an elite level right now. Um uh, as you guys know, Emma Hay is very quiet on the sidelines, subdued even, uh, doesn't say a whole lot. Um, you know, I think she let, lets her uh, tactics do the talking. But um, look, I mean, it's just it's just a fascinating matchup. This is an Arsenal team that is kind of returned to form for the first time in a, in a couple of years. And it's really challenging now. And uh, certainly this is a, a massive one coming back from an international break, which is just a bummer um, that both teams won't have a little bit more time together to to prep for this. But uh, in any event, it's going to be Arsenal versus Chelsea at Wembley on Sunday, the 5th of December. Um, this is going to be a big one uh, for, for a lot of reasons. We're going to get into all that in a second. But Jesse, talk a little bit about the domestic treble and, and somewhat of a quadruple dream here, because uh, I think most people have put the past behind them, but this is a kind of a, a redux of, of last year's competition. We're, we're back in now. Uh, how are you feeling about uh, the the opportunity for a treble, which is, is pretty significant? Yeah, it's really exciting, I think, for the club. You know, it's never been done kind of on the men's or the women's side. And it's, um, it's a tricky one, I think, for Chelsea to approach just because it's not in the season. I feel like you do lose a little bit of momentum, even though we're kind of talking about... Um, being able to celebrate that but I think it would just really be the cherry on top of a domestic season that you know like was incredibly dominant and the players have kind of talked about how that losing that Champions League final was like a bit of a understandable downer on what had been like a a really really great year and I think the opportunity to win this trophy to to have that collection of all kind of four if we're going to throw the community shield in there which i will because i want everyone to remember millie bright's rocket against uh-huh. man city so we, we're keeping that in as a as and, a and hayes does she hates it when people ignore that competition she keeps going on about the fact it could be a quadruple because of that so i, I mean i personally think it's a bit of a, a bit of a, of, a, of a second rate um competition but i mean you know if i was a player or a manager i probably would still rank that i think the thing is if you if you win all of them you get to include it but you can't add it to your total i don't think if you don't win all of them 
I see you know what you saying? mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. You, you can't win the double if it's the if it's the league cup and the community <laughs> exactly. show. Okay. Yeah, like, yeah that, no, that's, that's just, embarrassing. That's that's yeah, really embarrassing. Yeah. So if I make fun of Arsenal for claiming that they won a trophy after winning the community shield on the men's side, there's just not a chance I'm gonna let that that's something Spurs would do or you know, yeah. it's just a Spurs. The Audi Cup is still their biggest achievement to date. So I yeah, mean come on. Come on. Look. Uh, but I mean, it is it is a really interesting proposition to see if Chelsea can kind of finish business from last season, right? Um, understandably, a little bit down after the Champions League final, but as we've seen recently, there's no shame in losing to that Barcelona team. Uh, it appears that they are quite good uh, in, in any event. All right, so let's take a look at Chelsea's path to the final. It's been it's been kind of a cruise, if we're honest. Five 0 versus London City Lionesses, three 0 versus Everton, four 0 versus Birmingham, three 0 versus City. So. Uh, Abdullah, I mean, it, you could make an argument that there are a lot of teams who maybe don't have the strength or depth or resources to take on last year's competition while they have all of this year's competitions rolling. Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal appear to be two of the teams that are taking it very seriously. What are your kind of thoughts rolling into this just in terms of, of the pathway to the final? Yeah, no, I think I think it's been a it's been a great run, and it, you know you can look at the the results from from you know the way you just listed out, and you can think, oh, you know what, that's kind of similar to what they've been doing this season, you know, and it's it's kind of good to see that consistency across um, the two seasons. You see how they did last season, you know, five nil, three nil, four nil, three nil. I think what's important there is that they kept clean sheets in every single one of those games, and you know this season under a different system, everything new. But then you've seen similar results across competitions. You've seen five nils. You've seen three nils. You've seen two. You know, you've seen a mixture of these results. And uh, I think it just goes to show that the consistency across the two different squads and I think the squad depth in itself, I think it shows it's there's a huge amount of uh, quality there and the amount and the, the ability to be able to, you know, for all the players to consistently come up with with the results, I think is, is a massive bonus for the side. And, and you know, like you said, it's only only Chelsea and Arsenal who realistically could could do that. I mean, we've seen City's depth being really tested and they haven't really pulled through right they've they've been down to bare bones and they can they can they couldn't even name a goalkeeper in in, in the last game so um yeah no I, i'd say it's it, their uh, squad depth is probably one of the best in 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 the league if not in europe actually well and and it's proving out that way on the pitch flow because you look at their results uh since beating chelsea 3-2 at the beginning of the season obviously having a romp in the champions league with a 4-0 win over slavia prague a 4-0 win over reading a 5-0 win over city which was Alarm bells for a lot of uh, WSL fans who I think were expecting a, a city challenge this year. 4-0 over Villa, obviously losing to Barcelona. No shame in that, um, as we've all found out. 3-0 to Everton, 4-0 to Hoffenheim, 4-0 to West Ham, 5-1 to HP Kaj. Uh, a draw, a surprising draw against Tottenham, to, to be honest. And then 3-0 against Kaj and, and 2-0 against Man United. They, they've uh, they've certainly put in the work this year, and this is a stronger version uh, of the team at Chelsea have kind of battered um, over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I think the foundations were definitely there with with Joe Montemurro, but I think they definitely needed a way to kind of level up. I think Arsenal's identity as a club across men's and women's has always been so clear. You know, they they like to play a very attractive style of football. They like to have a lot of the ball. Um, they don't like to take a lot of risks. Um, but I think as far as the women's side 
sort of wanted to progress, that wasn't really enough anymore. They needed to find something else to give them a bit more of a cutting edge. And I think what Jonas Alava has done really well in a really short space of time and, and, and does deserve credit for is really transforming them to a very intense fit pressing side, but one that can still play it out from the back, can still play that Arsenal way, but that can also be direct if they, if they need to be. What I think is a challenge for both sides is the fact that you know, you you read out some of their results there. I think for both Chelsea and Arsenal this season, and I think we're going to see it in the WSL for a while, is you're not being tested enough that you actually don't know where you measure up against each other and also in Europe, which obviously for Arsenal-Chelsea is kind of one of the biggest priorities at the moment. But I think it's actually going to be really hard for both sides to know how good each other is because they haven't necessarily been tested enough. I think that Spurs draw is, was really important for Arsenal to, to have one of those frustrating games because the, the Montemuro's Arsenal would have those quite periodically. They'd have games where they struggle, would struggle to break through and then they'd have games where they beat Bristol City like 13-1 or whatever it was that insane time, 13-0 or something. Um, but I think it was really important for Arsenal to have that moment this season where they had to dig a little bit deeper. They had to find a way to get and rescue a point because they hadn't had that moment yet. And I think the same can be said for Chelsea too. I mean, that that defeat to Arsenal at the start of the season was a lot of sort of like, oh, well, players out with the Olympics, uh, players coming back from injury, Sam Kerr on a romantic getaway. Like, People were coming into the squad quite slowly and and Arsenal would have the luxury of Champions League qualification. They had the luxury of Australian players coming straight back from the Olympics and throwing themselves into football again. So that squad had been together much longer. So now it's like, well... How much have Chelsea grown since that day? How much have they had to have an opportunity to grow since that day? Because I can't really think of a game apart from perhaps Wolfsburg and and the Juventus game where they've been really pushed and challenged that much. I don't. I mean, Jesse, can you think of a game in the league this season where they've really been pushed bar the the game against Arsenal? Maybe periods of some of those City games. Yeah, I mean, I guess the. Chelsea's funny thing is that they've actually struggled the most against teams who are Leicester, I suppose the Leicester game, right? low block teams, right? So it's, yeah. it's a totally different prospect to what you're going to get with Arsenal. The only thing that I do think is good is that in some ways that defeat at the start of the season feels like really important, right? And it is important in the context of the league and it is important when we talk about this, but like the third goal didn't count. <laughs> Like, I know I should stop going on about it, but the third goal shouldn't have counted. So it really should could have been a true or draw, right? Right. So that's kind of what I'm saying. And if you look at like the, the underlying numbers, it should have been a draw. And I think that was Arsenal at the best and Chelsea at like quite mediocre. So that's why I feel excited about this game, because I think if anything, Arsenal have got worse and Chelsea have got better from what was actually quite an even initial playing field. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about their the team makeup, because yeah, they're they're typically playing a, a four three three, Jesse. So if you and Abdullah can maybe pick out a few key players who you're looking for in their in their current setup that you know could potentially uh, feature in in the FA Cup final, I think there's a couple of pretty obvious ones here. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the the key obviously is Viv Miedemar. Like ultimately, she's going to be like the number one, and we've kind of seen over the years how Chelsea have struggled against her. Um, but I think. 
the player who's really stood out, and Flo will probably laugh if I say this because I've not in the past like been that awed of her, but for me has been Kim Little, who's like got quite a different role under under Ida Val. She's playing a lot higher up the pitch than she did in Montemuro. Um, she's getting a lot more game time. She retired from the Scotland international team, which has given her kind of it feels like some more freedom. I, I don't know. I guess like maybe not having that that pressure to go, to go mm-hmm. away on the international breaks, all that kind of stuff. Um, and she just makes a lot of like kind of late runs into the box. And I think that's like a player who who worries me when when I look in at like at that Arsenal setup. I think as well, I mean, when we look at players who won't be there as well, before Abdullah sort of jumps in with with some of Arsenal's names, I think we can't underestimate the absence of Leah Williamson as well. Lots of women Moy is a is a good um substitute um but she's still very inexperienced she still looks a little bit nervous a little bit shaky and the way that Leah Williamson sort of stepped up into in defensive midfield this season pushed higher up the pitch and sort of sprayed balls across the whole pitch has been really important to the way that Arsenal played in a more direct way so without her lots of them always taking more risks but she's having to play more of that role and she she's good but she's not as good in that area so I think that is a huge benefit to Chelsea also Williamson, you know, massive leader in that team as well. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how Arsenal cope without her in a big game. Um, but I mean, from looking at Arsenal socials, you would th- would have thought that Liam Williamson's died. It's been a very dramatic injury reaction. They'll be holding up her shirt if they They will, 100% they will. A hamstring injury, but it is like a, a career-ending one that uh, it would seem anyway from social media. But Abdullah, sorry, you go and, and chat about no. Arsenal. No, no, no worries. I actually, I just want to add to a point there um, that you were just saying, Flo, that, you know, with 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 uh, Leah Williamson, when she was stepping up into that defensive midfield, midfield position, I think she's also very, very good under pressure. So she's able to kind of bypass the press. And I think with uh, Wubin Moy, that might be a problem. That's an area Chelsea can target, pressing a Wubin Moy high up the pitch in that defensive midfield area and winning it back. So I think that'll be a key place to watch. And I think we'll, we'll get into that more later. But on to kind of players um, that I would pick up, I think for me, there's been two standout players for them and that they'll be important. I think Katie McCabe has had one of the best seasons of her life. Like she has played, she's been in this new rejuvenated like left wing role but she seems to be playing her best football. She's already had like four goals and five assists in like eight games, which is insane uh, considering she was playing fullback a lot. Um, so I think she's going to be important to keep uh, to keep tight. And at that, you know, Aaron Cusper at right wing back will likely play there. We'll, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to watch her. And I think Frida Manum coming into that midfield has brought so much energy and so much drive. I think her running between the, between the midfields is going to be key because that is going to be key to stopping... Chelsea's midfield from having control, whether that's G, Leupold or, or Ingle, whoever is playing in that midfield. Um, so I think I think I think Freedom Madam has really brought something different, and uh, and obviously Katie McCabe. So they'll, they'll, they'd be my two really big picks, and and kind of if I had to pick one more off the bench, I think Manawabuchi is fantastic, just outstanding, what an outstanding player. I think that left hand side is is going to be really crucial for Arsenal because. We saw Arsenal really try and exploit that against Manchester United on on the weekend, and and United really didn't do much about it at all in the first half. And Kay McCabe's pushed much higher up the pitch, and at times has been part of sort of a front three. And Steph Catley, who was unfit for most of of last season when Arsenal brought her in, is now playing more of a left wing back role, and she's having lots of joy down that left hand side. And I think what 
Emma Hayes has shown fantastically this season and, and in seasons gone by is she's very good at spotting a threat and completely extinguishing it. She did it with, with Lauren Hemp in, in those games against City. And I think she will try and do the same uh, for McCabe, Catley, Mead, whoever it's going to be down that left-hand side. I think she's going to really shut that off and make it very difficult for Arsenal. I'm sure they'll have a plan B, but uh, you know, at the moment, that is one of their most threatening things going forward. Well, and I think that's also what's going to be really interesting because what you kind of just said there, Flo, is that is it is it going to be Catley and McCabe or do they go with Mead? Because obviously mm. Mead like had that threat on the left in that original game, but we've kind of like in the past couple of games not really seen her necessarily playing in that same position. So I feel like Idaval's got a bit of a choice there. Like, does he kind of stick with this McCabe Catley overload situation or does he like go again and? try and get Beth Mead just to kind of run Chelsea's defenders ragged because you know they've they've looked good against players like Lauren Hemp but we know that that they're not necessarily the best 1v1 defenders out there so can we just talk a little bit about FA Cup experience here because you know Jesse you make the note in the script that uh, they have experience in theory, which tells me that perhaps you mean that there is there's a little um, a, a question of application here. Uh, if we're talking about theory, uh, maybe dive into that for for just a second. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just like quite an interesting thing to think about because obviously Arsenal have won like a gazillion FA Cups, and there are players in that in the team who've like contributed to that so you know like Kim Little and Jordan Nobbs they've been like such long time servants of the clubs they really have those experiences they've, they've scored in those finals but at the same time actually Arsenal squad turnover since the last time they reached an FA Cup final has been feels like it's been a lot greater I think than Chelsea squad turnover um, so when you look at our squad I just feel like there are a lot of players there you know this was like Sam Kerr's joke where she's like everyone here in this in the dressing rooms won the FA Cup apart from me like that's how it feels but I just think that's going to be like quite interesting to see how you know the players kind of think about that and approach that because Chelsea have had the better of uh, of Arsenal in, in some of these like bigger finals in recent years you know 2018 obviously we won through one we also beat them in the Conti Cup final um last season so I think that's going to be I feel like it's something that could play on Arsenal's mind. I'm hoping. It's a hopeful comment. I'm hoping it will play on Arsenal's mind. Well, thoughts? You, you have a little smirk, per, perhaps. Uh, um, perhaps you I, I think. I think you, there, there is always going to be an advantage for a group that's played together a little bit longer and a, a group that's that's won won the competition. So yeah, I think. I think. I think that there's definitely there's definitely something in that. Um, but I also think there is is an arrogance to both sides that's going to be really interesting because I think Chelsea will feel like, oh, well, you know, we've we've been there and done that recently in com- cup competitions with this same group. And Arsenal will feel like, oh, well, we've already beat you this season. There are players within this group who have won the cup. We've been playing better. We are going to be top of the table at the at this point in the season when they face and we face each other. So I think I think there's elements to it. I, I think he could play into both both teams hands it's I think it's you know who whoever can make that their advantage I don't think there's going to be any case of sort of like either of the teams like bottling it in that capacity but I do think it's going to be interesting who leans on that experience a little bit more than others it is interesting uh too because while we talked about Chelsea's easy run to the final uh Arsenal uh out outdid us on on the score lines here 
10, a casual 10 nil versus Gillingham, 9 nil versus Palace, 5 1 versus Spurs, and 3 nil versus Brighton. So they did give up a goal, damn it. Um, whereas we did not, but uh, but clearly there are a couple of absurd score lines in there uh, as well. Uh, any final thoughts about Arsenal from from this group before we dive into the uh, the blue side uh, of London? Not for me, I don't think. Good. No, no more talk of them. <laughs> Terrible. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break. Obviously, thank you to the sponsors for supporting the show, and we'll be right back. Uh, a couple of quick reminders per usual. We're doing this every week, so come back. Support us on, on Apple Podcasts with a five-star rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. And then if you're looking for a little bit of a deeper connection to the club, obviously join us on Patreon. We have a Discord community that uh, I guarantee you will be up and ready for this one on the 5th of December. So let's talk a little about Chelsea. You know, we've we've spent the, the beginning part of this doing a little oppo preview. Um, where can Chelsea hurt Arsenal? And I guess, you know, this is a, a question of, of, of lineup really um and all of the different options that, that Chelsea have right Abdullah yeah no definitely I think it's uh I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how the how the side shapes up against this team because everybody will be coming back for an international break obviously you know I- I- injuries will be it will be playing a part if there is anybody that gets injured um it's 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 Obviously, it's good for Penilla Hada because she gets all the rest in the world now with nobody really uh, playing. And it'll be interesting to see whether it's harder coming back into the side. Does Fleming keep her place from her really good performances? Um, uh, you know, and, and just kind of, the, you know, the way the dynamic has been with the front three, because I think her, Kirby and, and Fleming have really made it, um, you know, made it look effortless. And I think the, the, the chemistry between them works well. And I almost feel that's because of the... I always keep using this word, but the balance between the three, I think, is 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 in some way for the team a lot better with those three in there because Fleming will do uh, is probably a little bit more dynamic in terms of her off the ball movement. Uh, you know, she's younger, obviously, and she's you know she she'll want to run around more and be able to you know make those off the ball runs. Whereas I think Penelope Hada prefers having the ball to feet and kind of playing in the half spaces and kind of making magic happen over there. So I think it'll be interesting to see how. Um, Emma Hayes lines it up because I think she'll want to exploit, um, uh, you know, she'll want to exploit spaces between where Arsenal might leave in midfield. You know, those half spaces we always talk about, I think, is, is extremely important. You know, when you have someone like Steph Catley that we're talking about who really is playing this left wing back role and really pushing up, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether Chelsea do play a more counterattacking style. They, tr- they did it against Man City. They didn't have a great first half at all. But they ended up winning the game, you know, two uh, 0 and with two counterattacks, and they got two. They were two two goals up after that first half, right? So, uh, you know, may, maybe they go for a counterattacking style, and then they have, um, you know, three really quick players hurting Arsenal in those spaces where maybe their fullbacks leave between uh, the centre backs. And you know, we've talked about the Wubin Moy uh, point there about her stepping up and maybe pressing her and using the space in and around her. I guess, uh, Jesse, if you, if you're looking at Harder versus Fleming. If both are healthy, harder starts, right? Yeah, I guess. But I feel like Fleming is maybe more likely to get the nod just because of the game time she's had. I think my only worry with that is, aside, like leaving aside their actual individual like talent or tactical differences, is I would really like to see harder start just because I feel like she really gets going and gets the team going in these big games. And as much as I love Jesse Fleming, she doesn't really have that same kind of like rage turn that like harder can just 
like turn on and then suddenly like be steaming through defenses so gallop the gallop when the gallop gets going it's when the gallop the gallop i feel like is when she's calm and then when she gets angry it's like that run against united where and then she's like yes where it's like (laughs) i don't even know where this rage has come from because like we're winning (laughs) quite easily um but (laughs) i that's something that i feel like is really valuable in these kind of like big games and I think you know Harder maybe feels like she's kind of still got something to prove for Chelsea in in these big games because I think when we we still talk about the Champions League final which it's not like I just think about it all the time and like have nightmares about it but I always just think about like she has these two really good chances when Barcelona won a up and I feel like you know if she scores those it's a different game and I wonder if to to that extent, it would be amazing to see her play because I feel like she probably has that in the back of her head too. Um, but I just don't see her starting when she's had no minutes at all. It just it just doesn't seem like something Hayes will risk. Is that is that kind of your feeling, Flo? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we saw Chelsea get punished in that game at the Emirates because Hayes took a cautious cautious approach, though. Uh, she kept her big players on the bench because they'd had a busy summer and she decided to play uh, what was on paper a much weakened side to what she has now. So it's whether she sort of realises that or, or leans on that and says, I'm not going to let that happen again. Uh, I mean, this in this case, just missing harder, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all and perhaps that kind of more game-changing substitute approach will still be beneficial. I mean, you just don't know how it's going to pan out. You know, Harder might not even need to play a part if if the game plan works for Hayes. But I do think with the form that Fleming's in, she is playing very well. It's kind of why mess with a good thing and also risk Harder long-term for the rest of the season. It's just so hard to judge these things again when Hayes is like so mysterious. So mysterious, about yeah. Because in some ways I'm like, Maybe, you know, like we haven't seen Harder play at all, right? She's not been on the bench, you know, ever since she just picked up that strange injury on international break, which wasn't meant to be a big thing. So she's missed six games. Um, But in some ways, I'm like, maybe Hayes has just got her as like this like winter soldier ready to activate her, didn't want her to go to Denmark. Like, uh, It's true. And it's true. And I mean, and also all the comments, all the comments that have been coming out of a lot of camps, the last week off the back of the Williamson injury has been about managing loads. And, and mm-hmm. Hayes made comments that were then in a Times piece about how, you know, it's coaches that cause injuries. Um, it's the way that they load players. And, and Arsenal managed to negotiate with uh, Holland some time off of Ivan Miedemar, which has obviously helped her, hopefully. I mean, you know, she looks pretty fresh. She scored a good goal at the weekend. And I think there's been a lot of looking at that Williamson injury and thinking, well, what could other clubs learn from that? And perhaps that is, you know, something that that Chelsea are wanting to do with Harder, which is we we don't want this to become an issue because the load for the bigger clubs this season is really, really big with the group stages of the Champions League for the first time, with last season's FA Cup as well. It's really, really tough. And, and I think the squad depth is really, really being tested. And I think it helps that Hayes has that mystery. I mean, I have no idea what sort of part Lauren James is going to play in this final. I don't think a very big one, but Hayes is trying to ease her in. It's just she's sort of run out of time, given we're straight into the international break now. But really, you know, she could look to get a a good 10 minutes from her because we know how physical she can be on the ball. And if you're asking someone to just go out and cause mayhem, uh, Lauren James is a very good player at doing that. 
Well, mayhem sounds good. I like I like mayhem. Let's let's do lot <laughs> let's do lots of that. Um, I, yeah, I would I would quickly. Well, I want to add Abdullah because I think I think you were kind of referencing this earlier, but the space in midfield and perhaps Chelsea attacking Arsenal's uh, left hand side, which is an area where Chelsea have a player like Girl Wrighton, uh, who just just so happens, and I don't know if this is a big deal or not, just so happens to be in some really good form. Um, you know, potentially pairing her up with with Fleming or Kirby or whoever is going to kind of play down that that channel could be where Chelsea find a little bit of joy, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think I think I think Wrighton is is as good a form as I've ever you know ever seen her play in the last couple of seasons. I think this left wing back role. I think if for anybody, if you know that's that's had her change of position. I think for Gura Wrighton, it's been the biggest transformation in a way, and I think it's benefited her massively. It's she can play her natural game while still being a little bit you know better defensively, and she really gives Chelsea something different. You know, um, with Fleming. Being able to one who you know who likes to maybe tuck inside a little bit, stay a little bit more narrow, you you really make so much space for on the overlap for um, for Guru right. And so I think that's one way that Chelsea can go look to attack. But kind of on the point that you just mentioned and we have in the script here is, you know, space in midfield and, and on especially on Arsenal's left hand side. I think while we have Aaron Cuthbert in there, there's actually a you know I'm thinking about that. Maybe this this might mean a, uh, I, I don't think so, but this might mean a recall for Neve Charles. You know, she's definitely the more she's the better, probably attacking threat in a way. Uh, maybe just in terms of like crossing and, and kind of getting in behind with her pace and everything. So if if maybe Chelsea want to hit them on the counter attack, maybe it's time for Neve Charles to come back at right wing back and kind of use that space and her pace to get in. But you know, more than likely, I think it'll be Aaron Cuthbert for her. Uh, for her dynamism and kind of just kind of going in and just getting stuck in, you know, almost and just kind of really, you know, stifling that midfield. Because what I like is while she is playing at right wing back and she can possibly exploit the space in there. I mean, I, I think it was the I think it was the Juve game where she just made that random run in, inside off the right and then just scored that goal. Everybody was like, what is going on with this defense? Um, she can do that. Obviously, we've seen it. But um what I like is what I like is the fact that she kind of comes inside, and uh, and she kind of makes up as an extra fourth player in mid, as a central midfielder, and I, I I like the fact that then Chelsea can pack in more in midfield, and I think that outnumbers uh, Arsenal's space. So maybe off the ball you're sitting as a three four three, but in, uh, no, oh sorry, off the ball you're sitting as like a three four uh, one two, and then you know on the ball you can really stretch the pitch wide and really push forward and do that. So I think there are pros and cons in in, in the way that you, whether you play Charles or Cuthbert at right wing back, but I think in both scenarios you can exploit Arsenal space in midfield and their left hand side in kind of two different ways. What are, what are your thoughts, Jesse, on on the midfield here? I mean, we've seen every damn combination possible this season in terms of. You know, trying to find the right balance of, of defensiveness and attacking. Is is this a situation where Emma decides to do damage limitation and have, you know, the, kind of your classic Ingle Loipels midfield in there? Or is this something where she might take a risk and try and be more possession dominant? It's really hard for me to judge because I feel like on the one hand, Arsenal's attacking threat comes from their midfield, but also I think that's where the space is. So I feel like I would probably go damage limitation personally, but maybe that's just because I'm a pessimist and go for the Ingle Loipoltz double pivot because it is those like kind of Kim Little runs uh, into the box that I feel like you want to be able to defend against to have Ingle um, to kind of shield against and then still have, you know, like we've seen Loipoltz going forward, like she can definitely move there. But then at the same time, you know, if we think of, 
who was a really standout performer in that that game at the start of the season, it was like Jiso Yun. She really managed to find like great pockets of space from that position. Um, but then it left Chelsea exposed. So I think it's it's a really interesting kind of chess game as well because I think Idaval has a lot to think about there too. You know, we've kind of seen him like going with this Kim Little, Leah Volti, Frida Manum, or maybe Mana Iwabuchi and kind of picking three from those. Um, and like either having Frida Manum kind of as the more defensive one or Leah Volti. So it will be interesting to see what he goes for as well, because I feel like he's not quite figured it out either. Um, but personally, I do think Hayes will probably lean towards making sure there's not space there because I think when we look at the games where Chelsea have struggled for for bits of time you know that that City City one is a great example actually you know as soon as Ingle comes on it like is a totally different game and I just think Hayes will know that in a final again it's, it's the legacy of the Champions League final like do not let yourself get in a position which you cannot come back from mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe that she won't have that in, in the back of her head as like the, the biggest alarm. Yeah, they, I think we could really see a safety first approach as well. And I think when we've seen Arsenal this season and why I think both sides not being tested is going to be crucial is actually when Arsenal do lose the ball, they commit so many players forward that there is such a good opportunity to attack them on the break. It's just the teams that they face just haven't been able to do that. I think we saw that massively in the game against Manchester United at the weekend is that there were so many opportunities that if United could actually counter-attack well, they could have exploited. And I do think if if Hayes takes that safety-first approach and waits to to pick off Arsenal, they'll get a lot of joy going forward. And we know what, what Kerr and Kirby can do in that position. And, and if you have the right players there to be able to to exploit that i think it, it would it would work well well we're, we're kind of down the lineup prediction path here so like let's just kind of continue and and i guess i have a, a question for you flo to, to start this off do you think that the game will be won and lost in midfield or do you think it'll be chelsea's back line that that wins or loses the game for him depends what kind of day it is for chelsea's back line <laughs> i think we have seen that they are very accident prone this season uh in particular that the relationship between AKB and her back back three has been strained at times, I think. Um, I don't think any of that back three of of Carter, Bright or Ericsson are having the best of seasons at the moment. Um, we've seen more of Anik Nguyen in the last couple of weeks, but I think I think I would be nervous if I was a Chelsea fan about them as soon as they put under pressure and Arsenal want to put them under lots of pressure. They've crumbled at times. I think even in those games in which they beat City 4-0, as soon as City put them under a little bit of pressure, they looked nervy. They looked they looked weak and they looked like they were going to make some mistakes, but City didn't exploit that. So it depends what kind of day it is, but it, it could literally be lost uh, by, by Chelsea's defence. But I do think that mid, midfield is going to be crucial um, in how, how each side defends very good carriers of the ball, whether that's Jisoo Yun or Kim Little, there are going to be players there that are going to want to take the ball some distance and whether you can stop them is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I think I think that is the reason why the, the midfield is is probably most important and probably where I would say the the, the matchup will will kind of be determined uh for the for the most part. But I guess let's get into some lineup predictions for, for Chelsea and then I'll I'll turn it over to Flo to maybe give us the best 
version of what Arsenal can put out. Abdul, what do you think uh, is kind of the the full lineup? I mean, assuming uh, Katrenberger is healthy, it's that's a no brainer. Yeah, no, for sure. I think AKB starts if she's fit. You know, you you want your best goalkeeper in there, and 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 Musovic is good, but I think AKB right now is 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 the one. You know, the back five. I think you're gonna go with what's um, what what Emma's kind of used to, and I, I do think that means that we're gonna see Jess Carter in midfield. Uh, sorry, in the center of the three with uh, Ericsson and Bright kind of flanking her, and I think um, obviously go right in a left wing back, and I think right wing back, you know, again for me is 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 a, is a toss up between the two, but I think Aaron Cuthbert just about starts that that, that battle, uh, just kind of based on you know what we've seen this season. I think midfield, like we said, is the most important one, and. Um, you know, there. You know, you you you'd want to think that it's Ingle and Leupold in midfield. That's probably the most obvious one that you want to go for to kind of match up with what they're playing. But kind of what Jesse said, you look back at the first Arsenal game and the the the, the impact that G had in that in that game was was unbelievable. But at the same time, I'm trying to think here: Do Arsenal? take more of the ball this time do they try and take more possession in this game and kind of enforce themselves because if they do manage to do that g could become a little bit of a a, not a passenger but kind of like have to maybe work doubly hard and that's not exactly her game off the ball um so i think i'll go safe and i'll I'll say it's an ingle loipel's midfield uh double pivot and i think the front three is 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 kirby and fleming just because like we said Hard has had no minutes and uh you know it's it's Fleming's had a, a really good time up there. And I think just for on, on Marin Mielda, I think if she had a few more minutes under her belt, I wouldn't put it past it to start that game. But um it, I think it's also come too soon for, for Mielda. Jesse, do you agree, disagree? Any spots where you maybe sub in players out? Yeah, I would uh, broadly agree. You know, I think definitely Cuthbert at right wing back, you know, if that's one of the positions where there may be a question mark, it just seems clear that Hayes trusts her more than almost anyone else to especially shut down attacking left wings, which kind of, as we said, is, is where we thought Arsenal were going to do. The Marimielda one, I do, What part of me does wonder whether Hayes will put her in. Uh-oh. It feels like, it just feels like, Go go for it. Like she is, you know, she's your best. She's defender. a big game player, right? Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And when we're talking about panic in the Chelsea defense, Chelsea's defense panic because they miss Marimielda. Like I'm just convinced of it. It's just not that. Like they're so much calmer when she plays. And I just think if you think Mielda is fit, she's she's played in 90 minutes. Okay, like we don't know what's going to happen over the international break. But depending if she then picks up more game time with Norway. Why? Why not? Like, I maybe it's just because I cannot watch Jess Carter play against Arsenal because it will make me so stressed. But I think where where does she play in the back three? Though I guess is my question. Is she on the right hand side? Well, it looks like Emma wants her in the, in the center. She's played in the center in in all the times we've seen her so far. You know, obviously it was you know really strange in that Sevet game when she was playing right back in the back four, and then when we go back to the back three, she like swaps with Millie Bright. But that seems to be where Emma wants her and I think in some ways it it does make sense I think Emma clearly just sees Millie Bright as the best 1v1 defender so she wants people coming there and I think that's you know that's probably broadly true for for Carter and and Mielder in some ways it does make sense um so yeah but I think if it if it was me I, I would just like roll the dice like and and play her all right, let's turn it over to the Arsenal side because there are very few disagreements between our two venerable co-hosts here uh, Flo, how are you feeling about Arsenal? 
Yeah, I think for them, there's going to be a big decisions to be made. A lot of them will be based on injuries. I mean, Mano Ibuchi and Tobin Heath are both out at the moment, but they're not long-term injuries. Ibuchi is going to join up with uh, Japan. I think Heath is, is staying here. So I think you would expect them to be fit by the time that the final comes around. I think Ibuchi has a chance of starting and it's whether she slots into the the, the middle in, in place of where Leah Volti has been playing at the moment. Um, I think to Tobin Heath probably wouldn't start anyway and be a bit more of a, an option coming off the bench, depending how things are going. I think the big the big decision to be made for Jonas Odeval is that left-hand side. Seth Catley has been playing really well this uh, this the last few weeks. Um, so it's whether is she going to stay at left back or is Katie McCabe going to go there, who was ridiculous in that game against the Emirates, uh, the Emirates, sorry, and is following up a phenomenal season last year with another brilliant season. So is Jonas Idavel going to go and try and replicate what happened there and put Kate McCabe in more of a, a left wing back role rather than part of the front three where she's been playing the last couple of weeks? Uh, and, and then that would mean that Beth Mead could go back to to part of that left uh, left hand side as part of the front three where she was obviously brilliant in that game at the Emirates as well. So it's whether he wants to try and recreate that or he wants to go with how they have been playing the last couple of weeks, which would be McKay, Miedemar and Mead in that front three. Um and then behind them, little either probably Ibuchi or Volti, Freedom Marnham, who's who's been really good and is an important physical presence as well. I think Arsenal have really lacked that over the last couple of years, but she is an absolute brute. And that you know, Chelsea are a very physical team as well, so they're going to need that. And then I think you know we'll probably see Arsenal play how they have really the last couple of weeks because they haven't really got many options defensively. And, and now Williams sims out, I think it will be Wobber Moy, Beattie and Marids a part of that back four. And that the real question mark is who's going to be left back. Well, I mean, there's more uh, on the line than just this game, right? There is a huge uh, Champions League draw right after this for, for, for Chelsea. You have Juve at home and this could, you know, for all intents and purposes, kind of, you know, determine who, who wins the group or not. Um, you know, there's, there's a huge kind of impact on this. So do you think, uh, Jesse, that Emma Hayes is looking to that game as maybe just as important or more important than the FA Cup final? Or is there just not a fucking chance? I don't nope. think so. Okay. Emma right, Hayes loves winning. She loves winning. And I think this will be, this will be what she wants and this will be what matters. I mean, I think she'll have like, an eye on it and maybe that's that's a consideration when we are talking about Mielda, Harder, those players who we think are they really fit maybe that is why you don't risk it and in some ways it's funny because Arsenal obviously have Barcelona in that same kind of match day but because okay Arsenal have got loads of fans going to this but because it's Barcelona and because they've already topped their group in some ways that feels like a free hit for Arsenal so it's kind of frustrating because you want to say both teams have got really important games but actually it's Chelsea who's got the important game but I still just think and I think Hayes knows also like when you're winning, and especially when you're winning trophies, your team feels good. Like, I don't think you lose anything by going into that, like, final, being like, we want to smash Arsenal, we're going to do everything we can to blow them away, because I think that just gives you the confidence then to go into Juve and be like, well, we'll do the same here, you know? You feel the same about that, Abdullah? 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think you, when you when the trophy's on the line, you go all the way in and and you do it. It's not like if if Chelsea don't beat Juve or you know that they're going to get out or something. There's no and there's nothing. It's an important game, but it's not like anything's on the line. They just need to take a point off either Wolfsburg or Juventus. So if it doesn't work out at Juventus, they still have Wolfsburg in in, in a couple of weeks' time after that. You know, so um, go all in, get that momentum going, and then you know what the players themselves just on the high and the adrenaline of winning the cup will be able to play you through 90 minutes you know three days later and then the game on the weekend uh is is one where you can probably make your rotations and bring in a drew spence or someone in like that and anik now and our yep. lauren james and let them play you know Neve charles let them play and then the, you your 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 top players get, get a breather so i think it's just it's managing a couple of those players miel the hardest seeing how they play beth england's another one that you know we haven't mentioned yet but she's gonna i think she'll play a big part in one of these in one of these games as well so the depth is there it's just in it but i think yeah if there's a trophy on the line i think emma hayes just goes for it I think for Arsenal, I think that Barcelona game is is going to be really interesting because although I don't necessarily think it's going to play a part in the Champions League, their Champions League qualification right now that much because really they're still going to qualify even if they lose those two games and they probably will lose to, the, to those two games. I think Jonas Edeval will want to save face and he won't want what happened at Barcelona to happen again at the Emirates. You know, they've moved this game to the main club stadium. They've already sold 10,000 tickets. They're expecting a big crowd. And, you know, everyone was talking a big game ahead of that, that first group game against Arsenal and Bar- uh, against Barcelona. And Barcelona absolutely schooled Arsenal. You know, all anyone was talking about was how good Barcelona was. And I don't think they want that to happen again. So I don't know if Jonas Adeval will have this at the back of his mind, even though in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't, it's not as important. I feel like he's the kind of manager who will want to prove a point. And it's whether he'll have that in mind and think, well, who are the players who I might want to save and and hold on to for that game just a couple of days later at the Emirates, even though this is obviously huge as a final, just feel like that might be playing on his mind a little bit. Do you think he doesn't like have as much, place as much importance on it as as maybe Hayes does? Because we know she's like obsessed with the FA Cup. Yeah, I think, I mean, sort of stereotypically, you would also say as a manager who's coming in from a different, you know, country, different culture, he may not understand how important this trophy is in English football across both, you know, both men's and women's game. FA Cup is a huge, huge, huge trophy. And Hayes has, has won it before. Hayes has a lot of history in this competition. And perhaps, yeah, he, he, he does underestimate that. But at the same time, he'll also want to prove that he's the better manager and what what better opportunity to do that than do it in a final, right? So I think that's probably, for me, that seems like the bigger focus, less the stage of the cup, more the, you know, who is, who's the best manager. And I think he wants to prove that massively. And on that note, we get to score predictions, a thing that we don't typically do, but for a final, you know, why not? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give Flo the, the first right of refusal here. What do, do you have a thought on score prediction? Do you have a thought on who who takes the trophy home? So I think it's going to be two all in, in the 90 minutes. Oh, um, come on. <laughs> and then no. I think Chelsea are going to win an extra time and it's going to be absolute limbs for all the Chelsea fans. Um, yeah, I truly think it's going to be a brilliant fixture. I'm so excited. I think it's going to go all the way. I think it's going to go down to the death. I don't think it's going to be a penalty shootout, but I do think Chelsea will win it extra time. So it's going to be 3-2 to Chelsea in extra time. Jesse? I feel sick, like, Flo, even saying that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, what does anyone know if there's VAR for this? Because it's at Wembley. No, I don't think there will be. No, they no. normally don't for they normally don't for competitions unless they've used it throughout because they think it's not really fair. Apart from so. in the men's FA Cup, where it just depends what ground you play in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's also that too, but they tend to try and not do it unless there's kind of consistency. But yeah. Okay, well, in that case, then I really want us to win 3-2 with a dodgy offside goal being the winner. <laughs> um, but I think in reality, I would actually predict a, a tight 2-1 Chelsea win. I like your offside goal better, frankly. Um, <laughs> go school your way in. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll give you a real 2-1. Who, who gets the goal for, or who gets the goals for us, Jesse? Uh, Fran Kirby double, I'm going. She loves yes. playing Arsenal at, Arsenal at Wembley. Let's go. Abdullah. Oh, it's a, it's a tough one, man. I don't know if I should go for like a, a thriller like this or is it going to be a really tight affair? I think I think lessons have been learned from the first game. Um, and at the, but at the same time, I think, like we said, Chelsea's defense is is, is one that could be dodgy if, you know, on, on its day. I'm, I'm going to have to go with a... You know, I'm 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 also gonna go for a three-two, but I think it's gonna be I'm gonna be I think it's gonna be in 90 minutes. Uh, I think it's gonna be Sam Kerr, uh, Sam Kerr, Malini, Loipels, and Fran Kirby will take one each. All right, fair enough. Uh, how about how about this for a dose of optimism? Three-one, uh, and Chelsea put it to bed pretty early in the second half. The 2018 scoreline. So, like yeah, I, I just, nice yeah, I think there is a, there's a real world here where Arsenal come in overconfident, which is the worst place to be in the whole world. Like when Chelsea won the Champions League last year, nobody on our side was confident <laughs> and we went out and put on a performance. And I, and I think that was a, it's a massive kind of mental edge heading into a game. I think hunger and desire is, is probably going to win out here. And I think there's probably going to be a, a couple of goals early in the second half that seal it for Chelsea. So how about that? Bam. Can't okay. wait. The most confident of this of this crew right here. Jeez. That the extra time killed me, Flo. Come on now. Jeez. Um, okay, well, I think that's what we have for this one. Uh, obviously, tune in. It's gonna be an incredible uh match to watch um as as you're hearing this uh on Sunday. Um, any final thoughts? And I will go around the horn to Flo first. No, not really. No, it's been it's been great to join you guys. And yeah, I'm very excited for the final. Jesse? My final thoughts are that I feel really good and that makes me scared. But I think it's <laughs> going to be an amazing day. I think maybe I'm, maybe I'm still high off 2018. I think this is what's hard. Like, I love that 2018 win so much. I've watched that game so many times. Um, and I wish we could just bring Ramona Backman back because I feel like she would just like be amazing still, even though she wasn't that good the rest of the time. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this game. And I think whatever happens, I just I want it to be a good game. And I think it will be. Abdullah, last word to you. Yeah, no, Jesse. I think we could bring her back on loan. She's not doing much at PSG right now, anyway. So I think it's I think it's fine. Uh, no, I think I think I'm excited. I think um, the way the season has panned out, I think both teams are playing some really good football. I think I think finally now tactically everybody's kind of in a place where they generally know what they want to play. Um, so I think now I really I'm really excited to see the tactical battle between Adeval and, and Hayes, and I want to see who comes out on top because you know not just there's a title on the line, but I think this kind of puts down a marker on 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 the C, on the on the WSL season ahead and 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 even for the Champions League so I'm excited. 
All right. Well, that's going to be a wrap for this one. Obviously, uh, we will see you guys post uh, FA Cup final. Uh, Jesse and Abdullah are going to tackle this one uh, because little old me has to work during a Monday, which is just a shame. Yeah, no, please tell me about it. Um, (laughs) And uh, look, until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.